special episode of the Multiversity Manga Club. Uh, as some of you may be aware, uh, there has been a American adaptation, live action of the acclaimed, highly well-known manga Death Note um, by Alba and Obata. And we're here to talk about that. A little, you know, it's manga adjacent. It is an adaptation. Um, we'll be talking more about the movie than the manga itself, which was previously covered when uh, Zach was writing the uh, manga club uh, as a column before it was a podcast. And on that note, I'm Walter Richardson. I've got with me my fellow co-hosts, Zach Wilkerson and Emily Myers. How are you guys doing? Um, still recovering from Death Note, the movie. Still, maybe. <laughs> okay, it was it was bad, but it wasn't like soul crushingly bad. Yeah, it was a, it was a good bad. It was the kind of bad that you can enjoy with your friends. That's... I think that I think that's a crucial distinction, though. So we're already we're getting right into it. You can tell <laughs> we're not beating around the bush. None of us particularly yeah. enjoyed this. But I think that's a good that's a good point, Zach, about it's a movie you can enjoy watching with your friends. After we have watched it, uh, we talked about how it's it's bad and it's entertaining and how in it the way it is bad. But I don't think it was like entertaining enough that like I couldn't imagine myself watching this alone and being amused by it. But did you uh, did you watch it with your wife? No, I actually did watch it by myself, and okay, so. um, I I did get a little bored. It wasn't as fun as I think it would have been with another person. Yeah, um, right. We definitely. we were slinging jokes back and forth throughout yeah. the entire thing, so that definitely made it more palpable. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to sorry to just throw it out there and and not. Hide. Only a, only a loser would enjoy watching this by himself. <laughs> no, I actually, um, it was funny. I, I watched it and then I started to get a little bored. So I kind of like multitasked and started playing Final Fantasy IV while I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, did, choice. it did kind of just like start to slump towards the middle. I mean, even, even a lot of good movies do that. Um, mm-hmm. But... So yeah, even even though we were having a good time for the most part, I, well, there was a certain point where I was you know looking at my phone a lot more than yeah yeah, which thought, it was only like an hour and a half. So yeah, <laughs> no, it, I, wasn't, it wasn't even it wasn't, that long. It wasn't one of these like three hour movies that are being pushed now. It was I, a decent length. I thought that um, I thought that the beginning was more fun bad. Yeah, I that mean, also it, sequence was so fun bad. That's like a yeah. great yeah. The oh, the musical choices were just very, <laughs> very strange. I thought so. So I read a review. I can't. I can't remember what side it was on. It may have been Kotaku, and they referred to it as if John Hughes directed Final Destination, and I thought that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, that that that's the the Final Destination. That's what I was saying while we were watching it. Like Death Note. The original, you know, the, the manga, it didn't have these, like, crazy, like, if it was specifically dictated for something weird and specific to happen, of course, that's how the note works. But, like, if you, it wasn't like you come up with 
is a specific thing and it comes and it thinks of the most crazy way imaginable for that yeah, to happen. Right. Right. I mean that first death was so final destination. You know, decapitated by a ladder falling off a truck driving nearby. I mean <laughs> it was I, I think so we we mentioned uh earlier before we started recording there was definitely a um there's definitely a lot of differences here beyond just it being set in America. Um, it, there are many creative liberties taken. First of all, just because it has to be done in order to condense what is a, uh, what is it like 80, um, 80 some chapter. It's, I think it's over a hundred actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it was 108. 108. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of it's, course. It's 12 volumes. So yeah, yeah that, that adds up. Right. So, but yeah, you know, having to condense all of that, into a movie, you know, that's not a matter you get to the point where it's no longer a matter of condensing it, it's a matter of telling a new story around similar lines. Right. But also a lot of like just core aspects of the characters are changed as well. And I think that was like the weird thing to me that as someone who read the manga and who's familiar with that that I wonder if it's the sort of thing that stuck out to me I don't know if it would affect the enjoyment of uh, someone who hadn't read it, who was watching this for their first time, but it was just how uh, this version of Light, Light Turner, rather than Light Kigami. Um, yeah. Right. Which is... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that he just really didn't seem like all that into the actual Death Note, like, all that into, like, the pursuit of justice it was like a sort of thing that just like every now and then occurred to him kind of yeah (laughs) every now and then they like tried to like bring it up just oh yeah i'm trying to make a better world but it wasn't like this pathological thing um which is more of the case with light gami where right from the start we get like this impression that you know he is he has this drive this is why he's doing it he fully believes in his um, worldview. Whereas in this case, it's just kind of like, it's it's very, it's a very minor thing about the movie as a whole, which is weird because without that, you know, what do you have? Right. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, Light was kind of like a big dork in this movie. And yeah. it's really right. funny how kind of that like, cold drivenness of the character was seen more in the Mia Sutton character who was a very like loose I guess version of the Misa Misa Amine character Um, which I'll I'll go ahead and say and kind of like tip my hand a little bit on the, the hot take I was referring to but one of the things I hated most when reading the manga was the the light Misa relationship. Like I just thought it was really unpalatable and like kind of hard to stomach. And so I thought like, I didn't think that Mia was a terribly like likable character either, but it was nice to see her doing things that were a little bit more interesting and playing a more, like a bigger role in the, in the going ons, you know? So that was kind of like my hot take that 
I thought that they improved on that mm-hmm. dynamic a little bit. And honestly, uh, towards the end, I didn't, I didn't think about this until you just mentioned it just now, but um, the, you know, the central core conflict of the manga and anime is, you know, L versus light. Mm-hmm. But in the movie, it kind of becomes uh, light versus Mia towards the end. Like L, L kind of just goes off goes off the rails there at the end yeah. <laughs> when he jumped into the police yeah. car and just had this weird. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what he was supposed to be doing after a certain point. Just yeah. like, like, oh, L's out there being crazy. Yeah, <laughs> keep an eye yeah. out for him. <laughs> which which is so uh, funny because I I do feel like. The actor who betrayed L, um, I, I forget his name. Yeah, um, I felt like his heart was in it the most. Yeah, yeah, um, and, I, yeah, and he he actually seemed like he was trying to portray a character from Death Note. Like his, just that it's just yeah. that as it went on, the script was <laughs> right, he, trying to pr- make him portray a different character. Yeah, yeah. He, with what he did, with what he was given, I think he did a good job, and I think in yeah a better adaptation, he would have been fantastic. Right. I, so that's what I was thinking, too. I said, you know, it's really a shame, because you would see... Because he was the only character that I thought, oh, there's some there's some inspiration here. There's mm-hmm. some, you know, spark of the original. Yeah, he really um, had that... Yeah, the, like, awkward body language, language yeah. and, and kind of the... Weird speaking patterns. Yeah, yeah, weird speaking patterns. Yeah, exactly. And like twitchy eye movements and things like that. Yeah, he... Yeah. Yeah. Um, But at the the same time, to backtrack slightly, um, I get what you're saying about... Yeah, I I agree that the um, Misa relationship uh, with Light in the manga kind of over it's it's another statement to say that it overstays its welcome because it's you know it's a thing that lasts throughout the entire series and yeah it's pretty it it feels dark in a way that it i don't think it in a way that's different from what i think the manga as a whole is trying to convey um it it doesn't quite fit uh, the overall themes but at the same time i think by uh, the introducing the conflict between the two of them in the film, they kind of fall into um, the issue that has plagued the community of people who uh, read or watched Death Note of kind of absolving uh, light because she's the one who's kind of in the movie. She's kind of right. pushing him. You know, he's still awful, which is, you know, part of my point. But as this goes on, it's like, it's not like fully going on. Like he's going to um, turn over a new leaf or anything. Right. But she's the one pushing him and it kind of tries to make him out to be more sympathetic, which I, I don't know. I think that's not as interesting. And no. it's kind of continues this whole like myth of oh maybe kira isn't so bad yeah light and light light was just much yeah. more passive in general um because in the you know in contrast to the manga anime you feel like he's in control almost all the time 
Except I would say until the very last few chapters when he's he's pretty much cornered. Uh, but yeah, just this light, it, it kind of felt like he got, I don't want to say pushed into everything, but it felt like he needed a nudge towards kind of the bigger, you know, twists and turns of the plot. I don't know. He, he, he was not as active. Um, I, I would, I would be curious to just like, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody, wish somebody to watch this, you know, convinced like pull, pull a prank on a friend who isn't familiar with death note and be like, Oh yeah, you got to see this just to get their reaction. But I am, you know, curious, um, Will this would this have much appeal to people who aren't already familiar with it? I mean, it doesn't really have appeal to people who like it. it. And as I said, I just feel like in the end there wasn't what what was the substance of this? Because you know we talked earlier about we don't have like this huge push on like the moral angle, you know, which is like one of the main thrusts of the manga. It's really an afterthought here. We yeah. don't have the um, cat and mouse game with L and uh, Light like we do in the manga, or and to the same extent. It's like kind of there, but it's not like push. And that's huge. That's, that's a- huge. I think that's the biggest thing because Death Note, the original source material, uh, the manga is a thriller. It's not horror. And I think if you just make it straight up horror, it loses the the central idea loses a lot of its power and interest. But but um, that's but then that's my third my third point. Sorry. What kind of no 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 thing yeah. you you led me to it. Is this a horror movie? What kind of movie is it? It isn't like it's, it has its final destination shots that we were joking about, but and, and you know it's a little bit spooky when Ryuk first appears. But yeah, I guess that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, I think it's not really it, right. Right. Yeah. It's, either. I think it's kind of billed that way a little bit more just because the director, um, Adam Wingard, is kind of a, like, rising figure in horror. I know he did, like, the VHS movies, which were kind of, I guess, like, Dark Horse hits and then some, like, more recent stuff. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, just with, like, the, the promotional imagery and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it's really not. It's supposed to be kind of more of a... It's not even even really a thriller. because It's it's, like a bad drama, I think. Yeah, it really is. And, like, I got a lot of vibes of, like, ABC Family or, like, Freeform, you know, like, um, like (laughs) Pretty Little Liars or, or like, something like that, you know? Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl or, like... (laughs) I, I had that vibe. Yeah, um, yeah like uh, yeah, definitely like like the CW. Yeah, yeah, like so, yeah, one of those edgier, like you know, rated on like teen rated drama TV, channels. PG. Yeah, 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 definitely a teen drama judge vibe because they spent a lot of time on the Mia and Light. There was relationship. a lot of making out in this movie. Like, yeah, yeah. A lot of being turned on by death. Yes, yes. yes really though. Um, yeah. Which, I mean, <laughs> uh, I don't. Never mind. I'm, I don't. I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, this this is this is another interesting contrast of the different character. Light Nagami 
is not horny at all. No. Light Turner, super horny. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Perhaps this is a subtle critique of American values as opposed to Japanese. Wow. I... I don't think they were going for anything even remotely like that, but but kudos to you for trying to... Let's go off of that. I think that's like a good jumping on point for talking about like the fact that this is a completely Americanized version of Death Note and the the merits and faults of that. Um, Yeah, I... See, I don't think that there was any real inherent issues with like... Yeah. Unlike some other... um, Things where if you like change the location, you're really like doing a um, disservice to the original. But what I did think is that in this case, by moving it to America, it's not so much that you're like butchering the source material. It's that by importing it to America, um, you're bringing in a whole new set of issues that you probably should um, address in some way. Address in terms of like with um, light killing prisoners and all that, you know, you've got our own, you know, not to get too political on our uh, drawn cartoons from Japan podcast, but, you know, issue, issues with our uh, criminal justice system. And I thought that they were maybe going to do something like that when they yeah. cast um, L as a black man, that maybe there would be some sort of touching on that. But they were clearly you know, not going it was yeah. pretty, pretty obvious early on yeah. that they were not going there. Yeah, um, I don't think... I mean, besides, like you said, the societal differences between Japan and America, I don't think there's anything really, like, inherently Japanese about the plot and themes of Death Note, besides, like, that stuff which which would change a little bit. Um, and, and, like, you know, it's not like they called him Light Yagami. And it's not like his dad was named Shuichiro, you know, they... they uh, <laughs> They, they, you know, they, they, they clearly, they had American names and everything. So, um, yeah, the, the, the change of setting didn't really bother me. They just didn't do anything interesting with it at all. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but, oh, what were you going to say, Walt? Oh, I was just, I was just going to do, uh, ask if you had a, any particular, Things that not, you observed about not that. Really, I change. guess necessarily. Um, I just know. I mean, it was obviously like a big. Um, I guess like I don't necessarily want to call it like a controversy, but it was a, a thing about the movie that drew that drew some ire. Sure. And so I was just kind of interested on in your thoughts. Yeah, I really didn't. Sure. Um, it is. It is interesting because yeah, it's not like a series that's so. It's it's the culture of it isn't necessarily the driving force. Although there is like some of it, like I think like some of Light's right. motivations right. and things are very steeped in like Japanese right. culture and like the mythology as well a little bit. Yeah, yeah, um, right, 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 right. Gods right. Of and, and yeah. some of that stuff. But I don't I don't think it was necessarily hurt by inserting it into an into an, yeah. Yeah, an American setting, especially with it yeah. being a very loose adaptation to begin with. Right. right, but they didn't right. do anything terribly interesting with it either. Yeah, and certainly the reasons it was bad was not because light was American. At least I wouldn't say that was like even in the top ten reasons it was 
bad. <laughs> this this was not a ghost in the shell situation. No, no. <laughs> yeah, this light was like I mean, if this is the kind of character they wanted light to be, like it was probably I mean, he was a pretty he was a pretty like standard American teen, I feel like. Yeah, he didn't really seem particularly I mean, they kind of hinted at him being, you know, smart and good at math because he was Yeah, they they only did that one sh- that yeah. one thing of him doing the test, that was the only thing that Which really I, established that he was smart. He was, smart. like, somewhat good at it. But whereas, like, Light was kind of immediately characterized as kind of a, I don't want to say, like, a genius, but extremely clever. A brain um, genius. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then that like, that's, you know, central to um, the manga that he continues to outsmart everybody. You know, he's brilliant. And I guess they just didn't want to, like, they just couldn't make him smart enough, so just kind of like, ah, he does these tests. Yeah, he's kind of And then of from that nerd, point on, it's you yeah, know. not brought up, really. He's, yeah, they didn't really, yeah. no, they they didn't really do much with that at all, did they? No. This is the very beginning of the movie. Um, I want to talk about, I think we need, I think it's a shame we didn't bring up the best part of the movie yet, which is... You saved the best for lots. Should we talk about it now, or do you guys... Yeah, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Uh, well, of course, we're talking about uh, Willem Dafoe as Ryuk, yes. which I thought was amazing casting. Inspired. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is the one good thing. I That is like the one thing I would say about this movie that is just great. Dafoe is fantastic. Perfect casting. His yeah. voice was great. I mean, he didn't really did have you, a lot to work with. Did you with, see the interview he but... did where someone asked him, I guess, like, if he had read the books and he was just like, no, I didn't oh, really God. think I needed to. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which, yeah, I, that doesn't surprise which, me. Which, I mean, in this case, he probably really didn't need to. He, he talked about how... He, he might was, have just confused Yeah, him. yeah. He talked about how he, you know, just went off of, like, he didn't want to be... Um, I guess, kind of, like, tainted by an alternate vision. He wanted to kind of work solely off of what the director right. was kind of going for, and... Right. Yeah. And I know that's that's pretty common, you know. Right, the, yeah. When you're doing with adaptations, like... Yeah. Not, not to get too far off topic, but, like, uh, you know, Emily and I are both big uh, Song of Ice and Fire, Game of Thrones fans, and, you know, one of the single most best like portrayed characters of on the show in terms of like cap like the actor truly capturing him is uh Stephen Delane who plays um Stannis and he he just has absolutely no interest in the books and he's a mate he's like yeah. perfect. So I, you know it works. Right. I totally don't but I don't like when people say, oh, you know, and especially this was this was mainly a thing with like the Harry Potter movies. And again, not to go too off topic, but a lot of people would say, oh, well, you know, these actors aren't good because they didn't read the books. I said, that is, you know, I, I'm thinking that has nothing to do with it. You know, it's about how you're directed and how you act. It has nothing to do with how well you know. The, it shouldn't have anything to do with how well you know the source material. Okay. <laughs> because movies and books are different. <laughs> right. And as, we, and as we saw, Defoe didn't read right. it. Right. And he was the best part of the movie. Yep. <laughs> And um, it, it, I don't know, like, if they specifically, like, attached sensors or stuff to his face or if they just did some real good CGI um, work. No, they did do some motion capture, motion capture work. Um, okay. Because I think if you, 
if you watch some of the credits. Um, yeah, there was like a weird blooper sequence too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it showed him kind of in like the full get up. Right, I remember seeing like a flash of him in the, and he had some something on his face that looked like. Because yeah, it was it was very important to get those, defo like facial mannerisms. Yeah, <laughs> weird. Totally. Twists and turns of his face as he speaks. Yeah, he was he was really good. He is yeah, a weird but, dude, and that's why he was awesome. Weird. But he was also, I feel like, pretty underutilized too. Yeah, um, absolutely. Right. Basically, I just wanted an hour and a half of <laughs> dicking around as Ryu. Yeah, he, I, yeah, and they didn't really do a good job of of explaining kind of the relationship between the the you know the gods of death, the world they come from, and the human world. Which, oh yeah, I mean, I guess they didn't really, really have to, but I mean, if you, th- it, it's just one of those things. It's like okay, if if someone who hasn't seen or who hasn't read the manga thinks about it, they're like, wait, what? What's it? Why do people? Are they allowed to use the death note? I don't get it. Like, that yeah, doesn't I, make any sense. I I, <laughs> I think the biggest flaw of um, this might, you know, this is all of course speculation into people's thought processes and all that. Um, that, but I feel like in like the like how daunting it was to like turn all of this material into a mo- a single movie. I think they like overcompensated and like just cut too much out of it. They cut too, uh, that. That's really what I think most of our complaints have boiled down to, you know, that there's just nothing there in the end. Right. What is this movie even? And <laughs> there's not even, there's not even an end. That's the weird, oh, yeah. that's the weirdest thing. I can't <laughs> believe I just remembered to bring up the movie doesn't end. It just like, yeah. There, there's no conclusion and it, not in like a there's no falling action really at all it's just him I mean if there is it's just him explaining what he did yeah the well, end, which I guess was supposed to be reminiscent of the scene where light you know uh, erases his memories of the death note essentially and then gets it back and then you know in the scene we all know you know all according to plan um, yeah. which was, it's funny I thought that that's actually kind of what they were going to do I thought that they were going to leave it on like a cliffhanger with kind of like the coma stuff from yeah. The, yeah. and that they were going to actually do a second one. That's where I was like, yeah, oh, they're actually going to do this. But then... Yeah, now, I'm a little worried they're going to do a sequel. <laughs> do you think so? See, so I... The way I interpreted the ending, it was kind of just... It was trying to be, like, smart and clever. Because um, I was, think, like, was... the last line was, like, Defoe saying something like, oh, you humans are so interesting, and we were... Yeah, which is a throwback to the... Yeah, which is a throwback yeah. to the manga, but... Right. Um, it was, it was, it was wonder, fun. like, is L going to kill him or not, or... Yeah. Right. It was, it was trying to do its, like, uh, Christopher Nolan, you know, prestige, you know, the little unloading <laughs> yes. right. about how I had a twin all along, or, like, you know, Memento, just, oh, don't trust him, and yeah. all that... To make, to make you go whoa, but then you're like, well, what is the, what is that? I, mean? I the, the structure of the movie was so messy at that part. I just said, oh, well, good. They're recapping it for me. I can't remember what, who did what at which point. Oh, that's what happened there. Like it wasn't, it wasn't so much a revelation as just like a summary. I was like, oh, okay, thanks for clearing that up. Light. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure whether I, I'm kind of in between 
I'm not sure whether or not that was supposed to be setting up a sequel or if it... I, I don't know what it was supposed to do, period. Because <laughs> it, it, like, doesn't lead into anything else. No. It's not like he then turns to his dad and it's like, we're going to change the world together. And his right. dad nods or something like that. It's just kind of like he lays out his master plan that got him to live and the end. Uh, it's like, okay, well, but what happens... Yeah, and it. I think that's like the, that two-word question. You know, sums up um, the movie as a whole. Like, you know, what what happens? What's the point? Yeah. It, it, it's just I don't I don't get what we were supposed to come out of that like feeling. You've got the excitement, the like, as we said, cat and mouse game is gone. The moral questions are kind of pushed to the back burner. So what do we have left? And I, I just don't think there's anything there. Yeah. And I'm thinking, too, um, you know, what? I, I, when I started watching it, I was trying to think, okay, I'm going to try to go into this, trying to view this as someone who doesn't know anything about death. And it was really hard. I was like, what, what is making me care about any of this, really? <laughs> Um, it, not much. It, it was really funny how in, like, this version, um, we were, like, 20 minutes in the movie, and then, and Ella's like, well, why does Kira? And, and like, in the, <laughs> in, the, in the books, it's like, yeah, he suspects him, but it's, they go back and forth, and, but, but in this, we're just like, nope, it's definitely him, <laughs> and he knew right. it. And, yeah, and then, like, he, just... he bit, like, like, basically confesses to him in that way. <laughs> He, he yes. doesn't like. <laughs> there's no like trying to like outsmart him, or it's just like not me. <laughs> it's true, yeah. He just kind of. I mean, I mean, at the time, yeah, I, I was. But but when you put it that way, you're like, oh yeah, he didn't even he didn't do anything. He just he just was like, uh, well, uh. <laughs> he, he basically did the like. Well, if I was Kira, I would I would maybe be thinking this. Yeah. And... <laughs> But but not in like a it was not just, in any sort of you know clever way at all. He was just oh, uh, it was so dopey. Yeah, it was, and, and just also, and and this has come up online on Twitter, but just how he one of the worst scenes I thought was just the scene that became a montage of how he decided to call himself Kira, and <laughs> then it showed how in about two minutes time, you know, there were just Kira cults around the world and. Uh, you know, Kira had become this god of justice, um, which was just... And I understand it has to fit into this hour-and-a-half-long movie, but, geez, that was rushed. I mean, <laughs> really, they couldn't have made that, like, a little bit smoother? I I don't know. They, they could have gone for two hours instead of an hour-and-a-half. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Then we would have had a half-hour more to watch. Yeah, it's, it's probably a mercy act. Yeah. <laughs> Because if his name is Kira, they will think that he is in Japan. Because killer kind of me or Kira kind of means killer, or that's how they say it. Kind of means that, that was a line, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was what he said. <laughs> yeah, but did did you see? I saw someone like bring up on Twitter that basically the exact opposite of that happens in the manga, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah I yeah no, because um because Light says to Ryu, he's like, well, you know. Kill, you know, Kira. That's how we would pronounce "killer" in in, in English. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, I thought I thought it would have been hilarious if Light had 
said, like, well, I'm reading this really cool manga called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, and there's a serial killer called Kira. I wonder... <laughs> they'll, they'll, never suspect, they'll never suspect that whoever is doing these killings is really into fighting manga. Yeah. Are we? Are, yeah. That, that reminds me, are, are we going to do an episode like this for the JoJo live action film <gasps> when it comes to the States? Oh. Please, yes. That would be awesome. I would love that. I love part four. And it looks really fun. Like, it, unlike this, which, which was very uninspired and, and kind of boring, like, I think this one will, even if it's not very good, you know, just objectively speaking, um, I think it would at least be fun to watch. Yeah, I actually heard so. that was pretty good, actually. So yeah, I heard from yeah from fans of uh, who saw it really liked it quite a bit. So that might yeah. be a fun thing to do one day. We could do that and maybe even part four of JoJo. Oh yeah, yeah, because I think eventually those there will be hardbacks coming out for that too. Yeah. Or um, yeah, that'll be that'll be really cool. Right. Yeah. We, have, we have good plans. <laughs> we 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 100% for sure always plan ahead on the multiversity manga club. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we, ne- we didn't just come up with this just after I mentioned JoJo kind of off the cuff. We, we right? never plan things by the seat of our pants. <laughs> no. That, that's, that's not the multiversity way. No. No, we would never cheat you guys like the that. We are professionals. <laughs> Is there... Any other like lingering thoughts about the city? I'm trying to think if there's anything that else that's worth bringing up. I, I do, I do hope that people that watched it not really knowing what it was, you know, didn't see that it was based on a manga and were like, "Oh God, I never want to read that because this uh, this was terrible." But I, I know I think we're a little divided on the manga on, the, on this podcast. Uh, I think it's really good, um, or I think the series is really good. I've seen the entire anime series. I haven't read all the manga, but, um, yeah, I hope it doesn't turn people off to it though. At least maybe it'll get a few curious people I mean, to read the manga and they'll like it. It's still one of the most successful, uh, no, manga series here in, that's the, true. in the U like, uh, in terms of being read in the U S and, uh, yeah, you know, in Europe and such. It's, it like, has... it's probably the most successful one that isn't like some form right. of like fighting manga. Right. Which is, uh, it has pretty, it has pretty good brand recognition. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in the U S I would say for people who are already in some kind of nerdy circle, I would say, I don't think the average person on the street would know, but you know, people in comics and, and, uh, you know, video games, stuff like that. Yeah. Death Note is kind of like the Batman of, it's, I feel like a lot of people recognize it and like it just because it's dark and edgy. Which, I don't think it's that edgy, but well, this movie definitely was edgy. I mean, I think it has the perception um, of edginess. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying certain parts aren't, but yeah. I, I will defend Death Note. I think I think people. The thing with Death Note, it's weird. I think it got popular. I think a lot of people like it for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Not like our real good reasons. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, I think, <laughs> I think, like, initially it got really popular uh, because, you know, there were a lot of fangirls for Light and L, and, like, that was kind of a big thing. But obviously, I think, you know, mainly it's just a really good thriller, um, you know, cat and mouse story for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, I was really hard on it when I, when I reviewed it. Um, yeah, that's but, fine. But I, I think it's 
worth reading. And I actually like went back and read, reread like mm-hmm. some of my review, and I I said something about how like I. I, there were times when I hated reading it and there were other times when I hated how much I couldn't stop reading it. <laughs> it it's definitely like a, a page turner. Yeah. 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 I see. I had, I had read a couple volumes of it before um, we recorded this podcast. Um, but, you know, I sat down pretty much right after we recorded last month's and I read it in like the span of a week, I think. A week uh, or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was definitely, you know, it, it keeps you going. Um, you, you def, you definitely always want to know what's coming next, which is another, again, different format of media, but man, I just didn't care about so much of what was happening on screen during the movie. Right. Right. And then, and as we keep saying, imagine somebody who doesn't have any familiarity with death note at all. You know, it's like, why do I care about Light Turner and Mia, what's her name? And uh, Ryuk, I don't know. I think Ryuk is kind of neat enough to generate some interest. But even then, they don't, like we were saying, they don't use him enough, really. So there's really not much this movie offers that the manga or anime can't, you know, deliver on, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, moral of the story: if you if you read if you watch JoJo, I'm not JoJo. I got JoJo on the brain. If you watch the Death Note movie, <laughs> but you haven't read the manga or watched the anime, you should still probably give one of those a shot at some point. Yeah. Because apparently you already have a Netflix subscription, so you can at least watch right, the anime. Can, right. Yeah, it's right there. Yeah, I think it's I think it's still on there. I think it is. Yeah, I think, I think so. They I, that's, I was going to say, if that's, I know they take anime off periodically, but that's got to be one of their more popular titles. I can't imagine it's gone. Sure. It would be pretty funny if they like took it off to make people watch <laughs> the new movie. <laughs> no, this is what you're watching instead. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. I wonder how it did. I mean, in its first... Yeah, it's hard to measure, especially beca- especially because since Netflix started offering their own content, they like switched to like the thumbs up, thumbs down thing, so you can't see like they don't have ratings anymore. So that way, you don't like have like the latest Adam Sandler movie, yeah, showing up and showing up, and you can see oh, it got like it's got like an average of half a star. You know, they don't do that anymore. So I don't, right. I don't really know what the general reception to it is outside of, of just people that folks are like us yeah. yeah the the rotten tomato score is a 41 <laughs> percent with a with a critic consensus of death note benefits from director adam wingard's distinctive eye and a talented cast but they aren't enough to overcome a fatally overcrowded canvas no i actually that's a better score than i was expecting yeah i, um, I just i don't even know i think i'm like completely at odds with that canvas i feel that wasn't it is the the audience score is at twenty six percent. So, <laughs> how, how many total reviews are there? Forty one. I, I I I was laughing about this after we watched it. I I'm, I was waiting this week. I'm like I'm waiting for one of my coworkers who, because uh, my coworkers talk about how they binge watch Netflix a lot. I'm like I'm waiting for them to mention like Hey, I watched this weird movie called Death Note, and I just wanted to be like, let me stop you right there. <laughs> The source material is really good. (laughs) 
even though the movie sucks. Well, I look forward to uh, discussing Death Note 2, Death God Boogaloo uh, a year from now <laughs> with you guys. Yeah. For now, we'll put the Death Note movie to rest. They'll bring Rem. Rem will appear and she'll be played by, I don't know, like Kate Blanchett or something. Oh, yeah. They have to I pick someone kind of, I think, kind of exotic looking and. Who, who, someone who Defo won't steal the thunder from. Ryuk, yeah. Yeah. Or Willem Defoe. <laughs> um, but uh, next next month, uh, we'll be going back to talking about actual manga, not just adaptations of it. Uh, we'll be covering the first arc of Naruto, which uh, Zach is our resident analyst of. Expert. <laughs> Expert. <laughs> Doing a, a lot of fist pumps. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> t- tangential to that. What was that? We'll see. Oh, I was going to say ten- tangential to Naruto. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about Naruto. Have you seen the um, the like Naruto run uh, oh, yeah. events that have been going around? Um, I've seen. I was. I have seen like uh, just as jo- I'm not sure if they were jokes, but I have seen things where it's like, oh, we're all going to run like Naruto. Uh, across our, you know, campus at school or something, or uh, across, I guess, like a field or some other big area, and yeah, you know, run like with their arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. So we'll we'll be talking the uh, first story arc, which is collected within the first four volumes of that, and Zach will convert Emily and I to huge fans. Mm, we'll see. We'll see so, about that. Will he? Will he? <laughs> Who knows? It's a mystery. <laughs> I really doubt it, but I will try. <laughs> it'll it'll be fun. Maybe. Zach, we like serious manga, like One Piece. Yeah, excuse no, right? me. <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a we're gonna take a brief break, and then we'll be back uh, talking about the past month in uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. So we'll see you after that. Hi, I'm Paul, the host of the Comic Syllabus Podcast a weekly show on the Multiversity Network of Podcasts. We read widely and we dig deep, bringing different analytical approaches to our study and appreciation of the wide variety of comics out there. Along with comics teachers, critics, and creators, we do close readings of classic and current exemplars of the medium. And we invite you to join us every Tuesday here at multiversitycomics.com. So let's dig deep. All right, and welcome back to our second segment of the Manka Club, where we discuss the chapters and uh, issues of Weekly Shonen Jump for this month, the month of August. Um, I think today we're going to start off talking about a book that we all still like pretty well, I think, and can never quite figure out what's going on, uh, Promise Neverland. Yes, I'd say yeah. that if, if there's, we're only, I think it's like eight episodes in, but if we've established any running joke, it's that we we are very bad at predicting what's going on in this. Yeah, or at least our one big prediction that we were so sure about turned out to be very wrong. So that kind of, that kind of ended our, our prediction streak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so this month had a couple of pretty big milestones for this book. It... Past 50 chapters, which oh, good point. Yeah. is uh, kind of cool. And also it reached sort of like a big story milestone in that it seems like they finally met the uh, the Mr. Minerva guy. Yeah, I think probably, well, 
they they got to his to an underground bunker of some kind with people in it at least. Right. And I think I think this guy is probably just someone else who works there, and probably William Minerva is not this guy, particular guy. Okay, and as I say this, this will be him in the next chapter, and so I'll have to be like, well, I was wrong again. No, um, I, I think you're probably right because misdirection <laughs> is basically what this yeah. book is about, and it seems too too easy to finally yeah. get somewhere but right. um he's probably like out exploring or something and they're gonna be on some kind of i don't know i just get the feeling that that he's gonna be someone that's just kind of itinerant and and wandering and stuff and he well, won't necessarily be in one place for too long I can imagine, like, this, like, tough-looking guy who showed up being like, Mr. Minerva, you believe in that sort of thing, you know, or just yeah. trying to get the message out, some sort of... But like, then, he's some kind of mythical figure or something yeah. that no one believes in? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going I'm just going all in on the being wrong thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's, 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 let's really get some crazy theories out there. Super, super all um, the time. Um, I think... I think this guy is Norman time traveled to the future. I don't know. He this is Norman you- from the future come back <laughs> to- and changed his hair color. By the way, <laughs> I don't know. I like I like that prediction. I want that to be it. I feel like for some reason I feel like that will be a. I feel like that's a plot point that could happen in this. I don't know why. But- yeah. I, I feel like. I have, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I feel though that um, I mean, more seriously speaking, um, I feel like it's. I I've always been pretty pleased with this series overall. I don't think there's ever been a time. There have been uh times where I've kind of just not been as excited, but I think overall it's been pretty consistently good. As far besides the whole thing I mentioned about the dialogue kind of being a little weak, uh, it it's always been something I enjoy reading. Yeah, I think I think it's commendable how willing it is to push the story forward mm-hmm. and not just dwell on things. Yeah, and you're right. Ever since ever since they got out of the orphanage, it's been going at a pretty good clip, I think. It hasn't been stalling too much. Um it definitely feels like they're going to get places faster, though we, we might hit a roadblock soon, who knows. <laughs> who knows? But I feel like they kind of Yeah. I feel like they kind of have to keep moving though, because like what, what at this point will stop them, uh, you know, because they have to get back. They, they want to save the other people at the orphanage. They're um, going to be trained to be like little child Rambos and like lead a raid. <laughs> Just like blow, I, blow the demons heads I, off and stuff. I was a little confused by a plot point though. And, and maybe you guys don't remember this, but the, one of the, so, so they met two kind demons supposedly, but then one of them was saying how we should let them go because we want to have natural humans born in the wild so that we can actually hunt them. Is that what? Yeah. Yeah. They, so they, they prefer free range humans. <laughs> yeah. They don't want the ones, they, they don't want the ones with no space to grow. And right. um, like, yeah. I guess the humans, they're considering the humans in the orphanages to be like chickens that are just in wire cages yeah. for most of the day. Yeah, basically. <laughs> They're, they're like very ethically conscious demons. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think it's a yeah. It's a it's a fairly interesting uh, idea as well with like yeah. how they were religious in yeah. some way. Of, you know, it didn't go too deep into what that meant, but it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, world. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, now that now that we're seeing more of it and getting outside of the farm, mm-hmm. um, and we can see the kind of place that exists beyond it, and it seems interesting. Yeah, I do think that with stories like this, though, it tends to be more often than not better to explain less. Yes, um, I think that is a risk. Right, um, and I mean, I I, don't, I didn't really mind the info dump about the world because otherwise, how would you really know this or, or find this out? Um, besides something other, besides something like an info dump, um, but yeah, I hope like the whole you know the culture of the demons is kind of more show rather than tell. Um, mm-hmm. from here on out, so. Yeah. I, I am glad that you brought it up, though, because I did think that that, you know, that aspect of those characters was a good bit of world building and, and kind of helped to, to like, make the demons a bit more multidimensional rather than these, yeah. you know, kind of just, like, bad monster right. people, you know. And then even the guy that was helping them, it kind, it it kind of, um, I guess, added another wrinkle to them. You know, he he was helping them, but really his his ultimate goal is so that he can feel okay eating humans in the wild. I guess, and he doesn't actually really care that much. I guess about saving them. At least that's what I gathered. But yeah, yeah, that that was interesting to me. He just wants to have his guilt free. Um, little kid, meat. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Unfortunate. Turn of phrase. <laughs> On that note, anything else that we want to say about Promise Neverland? <laughs> uh. Oh yeah. Let's let's move past this one. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. No. I. I. I think I've said everything I. I, I wanted to say. Okay. Well. I think I'm probably the only one who's reading Boruto, although, you know, after next month, who knows? Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I, I just wanted to bring it up because this month ended um, kind of the latest story arc wrapped up. And I, I figured that would be soon. Yeah, yeah. So it, it had some interesting stuff, some like nice character moments, but it... Things are really kind of starting to ramp up as they are, um, they've introduced kind of the, I think what's supposed to be the big bad for, Mm. or at least like the first big bad for the series, um, which is like this mysterious cloaked group, which is like par for the course for Naruto. Like, oh, so it's Organization 13. Basically. I mean, they kind of, no, oh man, you're going to (laughs) love Naruto, like, has its own like Organization 13 (laughs) called the Akatsuki. Um, it's Zaruto. <laughs> oh, no. no, it would be it would be it would be like Naruto. It would have Nar- to you have to put the yeah no, you'd have Nar-Sto. to put <laughs> you have to fit the sorry not the Z you have to fit the X into the already existing name. Man, is is Kingdom Hearts too like manga tangential to have an episode about it? Because I would love to have a uh, There's probably yeah there, no, have, there, there have, have been there manga. Have been, uh, <laughs> But if we do that, we have to do a Persona episode then, because oh. there's Persona manga. <laughs> when are we just going to start the the Multiversity video JRPG. game podcast? Oh, <laughs> yeah, specifically JRPG oh, podcast. Oh, jeez, that's that's quite a niche audience there. I think for for people that are already listening, I don't think I don't think people I don't think people going to Multiversity think, man, I'm really itching for my JRPG <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Six. <laughs> though, though, I'm you know maybe we could pitch that idea. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, for anyone, it's Barbara is getting pretty good. And I think even for people who haven't read Naruto, it's kind of like starting to between this and the anime, which is kind of a prequel of sorts. Although mm-hmm. I think st- kind of starting to catch up maybe. Yeah. Um, there, there's some like good stuff here, and I've uh, heard good things about it uh, from a few people actually. So, is how uh, I guess, and I haven't read it either, but um, how like prominent is Naruto in it? Is he he still is, kind of a big player, or yeah, he's still he's still pretty prominent. He shows up a lot, um, but it's still like clearly like focused on the oh, okay. younger generation. Okay. I feel like it. I feel like it could easily be like arc specific, um, hmm. because like the older generation still shows up a lot within the story, just because it's like centered on the town and they're all you know like big figures and like within the hierarchy of things. So, right. It, it is actually it's nice in that way that there are kind of things for like fans of the series that come back like they're still getting to see a lot of favorite characters but yeah the, the perks a, the perks of living in major character town right right basically yeah yeah it is actually really funny i don't know if you guys are fans of um avatar and legend of korra did you ever i actually have never seen it although i feel like at some point i should because yeah, I, I, I hear good things i've seen all of avatar and i i haven't watched all of korra even though I've heard it's really good, but it's kind of like a similar situation. Um, okay. It like mirrors that really well. So. Right. So it's not, so it's not like Dragon Ball GT. No, not like that hey, at all. I, like, I liked what I saw of Dragon Ball GT. That's my shameful confession, I guess. I, I mean, okay. I haven't seen it since I was like, you know, 14 or 15, but I don't remember hating it at the time. There were certainly filler arcs I watched in Dragon Ball Z that I hated more than what I saw in GT. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Teenage Me thought that, like, Super Saiyan 4 Goku was pretty rad, so... That is a pretty cool design, though. Yeah, it's kind of like the prequels. It's like the Star Wars prequels. Like, oh, Darth Maul is really cool. That's actually Um, a fair... I think that's a good comparison. Um, Yeah. There's a a similar... There um, are... Stylistic approach just my, minus the boring politics yeah that's one thing that dragon ball at least never tried to dip its toes into i mean the politics are basically like I, I, our I want, race is more powerful than your alien race um I, we're gonna blow up Pajita your planet now negotiating trade routes hey you know what of all of the people in the show i could believe he would do that especially being married to bulma smart, oh, it is, smart it is really funny like how i'm i'm a little bit behind on Dragon Ball Super now. Um, just I just haven't I, been able to keep up, but like it is funny how much Vegeta gets sidelined because of Bulma. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a running joke. Yeah, I, I do want to watch more eventually because I really like all of the slice of life stuff I see for it. Because mm-hmm. I really like that world and those characters, so it's just fun to see just them doing stuff and living their lives. I mean, obviously, you know, there's there's a bigger story going on too. But I don't know what it is about, like, Dragon Ball Z character moments. It's just so cool. Yeah, the slice of life stuff was great. And I actually kind of lost interest after that stuff stopped. And they got into the current, 
like big tournament arc. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, Boruto <laughs> to watch for this month. Um, <laughs> that's a good way to, it's like, we're going to go to Zach to, uh, get some info on what's going on in Boruto now. <laughs> um, I, I'm glad to, I'm happy to serve, but, but we can go ahead and move on to My Hero Academia. I think you guys had some things that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I, I just, uh, it's, since, uh, last month in terms of plot, uh, not, not a lot much has happened, um, especially since uh, this was a, there was less this month. They, they had a week off um, from the magazine as a whole. Um, so we didn't get like too much in many of these series. Um, but I, I thought there was some really good um, character um, moment in this latest one with, uh, was it Mirio? Mirio Togata, Mirio. yeah, Mirio. Yeah, I thought it was... Um, you know, first of all, you had a real interesting, um, quirk with this new villain who showed up, who, you know, he can, he, he can basically just makes you talk, you know, you ask, asks questions and, you know, if he, he has, you have to truthfully answer any question he asks you basically. Right. And then like, so that's, an, that's a pretty cool idea to begin with. And then how he was using it to like instill doubts. And it was like, yeah, that was cool. You know, the idea that, you know, you'll yeah. answer with the truth and you uh, find out the truth about yourself because you, you cool. didn't know. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. That, I, like for some reason, when you put it that way, like that sounds cooler now that I'm thinking about it. I'm like, when I, when I read it, I was just kind of like, Oh yeah. Like matter of fact kind of thing. It was like, Oh, you know what? That is pretty neat. But then there's like the full other turnaround. Um, you know, it just keeps on. There's layers like, like ogres and onions. Um, <laughs> the that was, that was such a nice touch. I think you know it's like his whole thing is mainly instilling doubt in people, um, and you're getting them to freeze up um, from this. You know they're overcome with their doubts in themselves. But then it was like turned out, you know, kind of a subversion of like you know instead of having like the hero who's always um, always confident, confident and all he that. Was always... It, yeah, it turned out Mirio. You know, he was always self-conscious. He always had doubts about himself. So he had always been able to overcome those doubts. And therefore, you know, he was able to overcome this. I thought that was real cool. Yeah, I um, like him. And it reminded me um, something that uh, you'd, you'd probably uh, appreciate, Zach, with um, kind of how the Green Lanterns are handled. How you have, like, the traditional Hal Jordan, um, you know, the man without fear. Well, I guess that's technically that's the daredevil slogan, <laughs> but you know, same thing. Yeah, you, know, I, I got you, you have the power to overcome great fear. And then, um, how with, um, John's, um, when he, when he was doing green lantern, he'd like kind of made it with, um, Kyle. His like thing was that all these other guys, you know, they were like fearless. Whereas Kyle's thing was, he was able to, he, he was not like, you know, some like, military guy or brash knucklehead um who just didn't f deal with fear at all he was used to overcoming fear um and i i always like that angle a lot i think it's more interesting and i thought it was handled really well in this chapter yeah i i just think the story has gotten really interesting so far i think he's doing a lot of really great 
character work and work with the story. Um, creating a lot of mystery around his villains. Um, yeah, there's it, still, there's still just, a lot that we don't know why, what's happening and all that. Um, but it's not in a way that it, it's like uh, frustrating, like right. like other people could make. Yeah. I also want to mention that my, my boy, Sir Night Eye, was hilarious in one of the previous chapters. I mean, this is a very small moment, but I love this. Like, you get to see him fight for the first time. And he's this, like, real skinny guy wearing a suit. Like, he just looks like a Japanese salary man. Um, but his ability is if he touches you, he can see your all of your future actions for, I think, like, an hour or something. And so he uses that to, like, dodge and uh, then launch these. He has these little, like, projectiles that I think... I forget exactly what they do. They debilitate you in some way. They explode or something. Um, but, like, there was just this funny moment where he was, you know, fighting with some guy, and his shirt got ripped, and you see he's, like, super ripped underneath his suit. Which, <laughs> <laughs> which just made me laugh. I don't know if it was supposed to be funny, but it was very, you know, incongruous with his, uh, with just his very uh, serious demeanor. He's also, like, super skinny. But, yeah. Uh, so you, you've been reading... Uh... The spin-off series, right, Zach? Vigilantes? Yeah, yeah. So I think there have been four or five chapters of that now, and I've read the first two. And it's it's interesting because um, you know, it's cool to see like a little bit more world building. It's cool to see this series expand and you know, in the world of My Hero Academia superheroes are completely sanctioned it's you know you have to have like a you have to be licensed or registered essentially to be a hero and so to be a vigilante is kind of on par with being a villain and they right. they play on that idea but the the characters the kind of like core three characters are really goofy um so like the main character the like the deku type is um this kid whose power is that he can glide along the ground at the speed of like a one speed bicycle but he has to have like three points of contact on the ground and so he kind of like Uh, spider-man poses on the ground and then just like zips around and and like does nice things for people he like picks stuff up off the ground when they drop it (laughs) Um, and then um there's a like pop idol type character who can um I think she can like jump, but it's almost like she's flying. So she's kind of like Golden Age Superman, basically. Okay. Um, and then the there's like an older mentor type character who um, I I'm not totally like sure what his power is. He's he's kind of just like strong and looks like a gruff sort of you know like Dark Knight Returns Batman type character. Hmm. Um, and so it's. It's just kind of like an interesting dynamic, is he, and is he real short? No, he's pretty. Oh. He's pretty tall. Okay, I thought maybe you were talking about someone that's in the in the in the regular series. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, yeah, I think these are all new characters. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. um, and so you know, it's kind of it's fun. It's a little bit more goofy, I think, than the main series. Yeah. Okay at least of what I've read so far, but, you know, it's cool to see this, this series getting to branch out and kind of expand this early on in its life. I mean, that had to have been part of the, 
um, goal from the very beginning right. with how much, you know, the, it is a love letter to superhero comics and an essential part of superhero comics is the huge universe where there are multiple series going. I, I, I find it hard to believe that like, this wasn't like one of the very first goals for this series to be able to support its own spinoff. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I'm interested to see if this is going to be like a, a long form thing or if it's more like a, a short thing. It's been interesting so far. Each of the chapters have been longer than your typical weekly manga, right? Like 30 to 40 pages as opposed to 20 ish. And so I'm wondering how he's pulling this off with the, well, I do think it's a different. I do think it's a different artist. Oh, I'm pretty sure, I, and it might be a, a different creative team altogether. I should have actually double checked oh. that. Um, I was, I was thinking maybe there's no way this was going on at the same time. Yeah, like uh, yeah. I should actually check on that. I am actually pretty sure that it's a different team to some degree. I think the but um, he writes it. Or, a different yeah. team overall. Oh, different team. Overall. It might be. Yeah, let me. Um, <laughs> Probably give. I'll double check on that. Let's yeah. See. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. By the way, for while you guys are looking that up for like a little intra multiversity plug, uh, we we do have a in depth uh, column that looks at My Hero Academia. It's uh, called Go Beyond. Uh, this is uh, done by Darcy Forrester. Um, so if you want to, you know, get more of an in-depth look at that particular series, for sure, check it out. Hmm. Yeah, let's see. So, yeah, it is – the concept is by the by uh, Kohei Horikoshi, right. but the story and art are by a different team. Okay. Yeah, now looking at it a little closer, I can kind of tell that. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it sounds interesting. Yeah, and that, that is all um, – currently available on this is website correct mm -hmm. yeah yeah and there have been uh four four chapters and then kind of like an introductory uh chapter zero gotcha so yeah so it's it's a lot of fun i think if you are a fan of the main series you will definitely enjoy getting a bit more of this world and and it's kind of funny the the character who glides around his his um uniform is a all might hoodie oh <laughs> yeah i saw so. that in some of the art yeah yeah all might um, is everyone's hero <laughs> every yeah he's the superman of the series so <laughs> he is and as we know superman's the best <laughs> definitely um so yeah anything else my hero academia related um, I don't think so. I, I think that we're probably closing in on on the end yeah. of this arc. So, still, still by you know manga standards, probably like another ten chapters or fifteen. Yeah, I, I guess probably like ten chapters left. But. I I have to be honest. I'm really looking forward to the end of this. They've I really like these villains and most of the new good characters. So I think this is going to be really good. I hope it's going to be a really good payoff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, how about we move on to Food Wars? Yeah. Sure. Um, I, I just had a 
uh, something uh, particular about not the uh, latest chapter that came out uh, this week, um, but the second to last week of um, this month. Um, I, I thought there was just a really cool technique, a really cool like uh, way it was framed where you know we have this team Shokugeki um, and you had like the three folks from the resistance and they like had their, you know, we finally got to after, you know, a few chapters of them, the, the typical food wars, they're working on it. You see a bit what's going on, but also a bit of, Ooh, what did they just add there? And what, what are they doing with that? All that. We had the, our typical chapters of those. Then we just had, I think it was all in a single, was it a single chapter or just two chapters where they just went down the line from everybody on the resistance. Um, it was, one chapter, I think. One, one chapter, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, just like, oh man, this is amazing. This is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, you know, wow, they're they're really, you know, oftentimes that in and of itself with just like a single um, person takes like a couple chapters, you know. And then after like building that up, I thought it was just so effective how then they just tried from the first seats, there's just like that, like kind of like wide eyed look. And then it cut immediately to showing that they had just all lost. And that, that was, I thought a really dramatic way to do that. Um, that yeah. really drove home, like the uh, struggle well, that they're facing. Yeah. Yeah. And the gap in the supposed, you know, gap in skill, which they're, or at least just, you know, sheer, experience and prestige or something like that. I mean, clearly the resistance is, you know, going to win in the end, but, um, they, they did kind of in the next chapter, like this week's chapter, uh, go a little bit more and elaborate, uh, on why, um, central won the last bout, the last few bouts. Um, but then they also kind of delved into what the resistance's ultimate plan is, which is to knock out or like, basically wear them down. Yeah, wear right. them down. Yeah. Which yeah. I did feel was slightly silly, by, yeah, it was, even by food war standards. I was kind of like, it's not like. I think I think maybe this is, I, I this is one of those instances where I'm not sure. Um, is this how it was written, or is this a matter of the localization? Like, they were kind of. It was kind of phrased like, because my opponents did so well, I worked really hard, um, and now I'm tired out. But, yeah. They're they're working on some kind of, like, weird mechanics of, um, like, cooking stamina. I think, (laughs) yeah, I think because then then one guy was like, I'm going to have to take a day's rest to uh, recover from that. Right. Or something like that. Whereas, like, no matter how well your opponent's cooking, besides the fact that you're trying to match them, but that's not really going to affect, like, how well you're... No. That... In this, a little you know, goofy. I, I just can't take it seriously anymore. Yeah, you're... you're <laughs> the suspension I'm, of disbelief has it's been destroyed. Gone. Yeah, shattered. Samurai sushi chef? Sure, whatever. The guy, the guy who can Perfectly trace, mimic other yeah, people? You know. Yeah, I get that. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking stamina? No way. I, no way. Well, maybe it wasn't that... Well, not to belabor this point too much, but... Could it also have been that they wanted to 
put people that weren't as good out there first? And, well, no, they put Kuga out there. Never mind. Yeah. Kuga's like one of yeah. them. Kuga used to be on Central. So, yeah. never mind. But, yeah, it's quite, they wanted to, like, lead with their heavy hitters. Oh, that's right. That was right. part of okay, their strategy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, Food Wars is still very good. Yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's a still very entertaining manga. One, one of the it's, best series uh, going, I would say, in in yeah. uh, Weekly Shonen Jump. Definitely. Um, which is maybe a good segue um, to talking about um, one series in particular that we haven't been as hot on. I know last month, I think we talked about being a little tired of Dr. Stone and this month, uh, uh, well, it, that series is still pretty low on my list, but we all had some kind of not so great thoughts about robot cross laser beam or X laser beam, however you pronounce it. I don't think you actually have to pronounce the X at all. The X isn't yeah. there. We're just robot laser beam. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this this book is um, it's interesting. It still kind of has the that sports story flair that is is immediately engaging, but also it has a few issues that are kind of. Um, obstructing like my enjoyment in particular that we've talked about one is that it's just really hard to keep up with who the characters are yeah yeah I I don't know if it's a matter of like the characters just aren't good to begin with or if it's just they went you know straight into this um, tournament against like this is not tournament but like um, a competition with another yeah school before we like I still don't really know any of the characters besides Robo and his friend who got him into the club I I, yeah I I find it hard to keep track of you know who it is on his team who's being featured at one point right as opposed Mm -hmm. to like the supposing school that they're against it's like okay you know that's that's a real big guy that's the crazy guy that's the really excited guy um, yeah. so on and so forth. Like it, it's weird that th- it seems that the other team has had much more personality. Yeah, they, <laughs> in I think these they, past few chapters. I think, uh, and um, I think now that I'm thinking about this, uh, unlike Haikyuu, I think what Haikyuu did right was got you to know the characters before they had a really big like tournament. Well, this isn't really a tournament, but it, I think it's the first the first kind of big uh, face off against some kind of enemy. Um, I think they did a better job in, in, in say, Haikyuu of getting you to become acquainted with the characters on the team you're supposed to be rooting for uh, before there was, like, a big kind of uh, match that really mattered. So, yeah. but whereas with this, it's like, okay, they're, they're using Robo. Okay, we know him. We know uh, his friend and maybe that one other guy who was golfing with him who... Maybe his name was like Rian or something. I, I, I seem to remember him. But then the other people, I'm just kind of blanking on, honestly. Um, they just haven't done as good of a job, I think, of framing the characters before throwing you into this match. Yeah. Um, if you if you look at the like, um, like title page for this yeah week's chapter, there's like all five members of this like school's team. And other than, like, Robo's hair being colored red, 
there there are three characters. They look pretty similar. They yeah, they look very similar. They have similar hairstyles and yeah, really hard to tell them apart. Yeah, and, and if it weren't for the fact that uh, like the protagonist theme are wearing white shirts and the the, oh, the antagonist theme had black black shirts, like I wouldn't be subtle. able to tell them apart. <laughs> very subtle. Yeah, very subtle. <laughs> but but there are some fun things. Um, any any time that the book like kind of dips out of the mundane and into the like kind of the hyper realistic, I really mm-hmm. like it. So this week there was a character who did a shot um, where he bounced the golf ball across the <laughs> pond, and it was called the Ultramarine Droplet. Yeah. There was, yeah. there was some there was Which some was... remark about like you know one of like the seven blessed yeah, colored yeah. shots. <laughs> yes, it was like the seven colored yeah, shots or like, something Whoa, like that's that. Wonderful. Like, Holy crap! You know, it's like these secret techniques yeah. that you have to like train in a temple for like five yeah, there years was, to master. There was kind of a mystical flair to yeah. it. Yeah, I'm I'm all on board if they go more in that direction. Yeah, that'll recapture it. Mm-hmm. I, I recapture my attention. Um, because I think I think with this you need um, one of two things. You need like the strong character work that like Haiku has uh, for like a sports manga like this, especially a team centric one. And if you can't do that, then you should you know do the more like crazy, ridiculous, or... out of this world stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's seeming like you know I, I haven't read it. It's the same guy who did Slam Dunk, right? Or is it no? Um, for that the the guy who does Kuroko's basketball. Oh, um, Kuroko's basketball. Kuroko's basketball. So I, I I haven't read that. I don't know uh, if it's any different I, there. I think in that they also I, I don't know how like crazy it is, but I know they have quote unquote abilities. Okay. Kind of like kind of like this does to some extent. So I think if it leans more into that. I think it'll be like more entertaining because right right now, yeah, as we've said, the character work isn't really like as interesting um, as our other frame of reference IQ. Yeah, I kind of want them to go all out with this crazy guy though. He needs to get super crazy. I want him to like rush Robo with his golf club or something. Like I would, I I, I don't know. That was just a. Like, because they're okay yeah he's got the crazy eyes but he needs to do something like super nuts i want i want robo to actually get to use his his golf ball club skills at, to make like an actual laser beam <laughs> <laughs> the the final arc should be it like breaks through a tree <laughs> Yes. The final arc, he's just him trying to become Cyclops or something. He's like, well, you know, you guys say I have laser beam, and then suddenly like, you see his eyes shine from far away, and then like, oh man, that would be yeah. that would be so stupid. <laughs> I, the more over the top this book can get, I think the better, because the the art is actually still very good. Oh yeah, it's still yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So this book still has a lot of potential. I think it is maybe just moving a little too fast. You know, we're only 20 chapters in and we're already in a kind of like big. uh, Yeah, it's it's it's, I guess not really like a tournament. Well, it kind of is. I mean, it's deciding whether 
Robo will be allowed to be on the t- the freshman team, I guess, or a freshman on the team since they normally can't join. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So it is kind of high stakes. So. Yeah. But it's it's still one that I I think I I still enjoy reading it, but yeah, it's it's kind of on the edge there. It's been a little slow. I think the past few weeks, which and and with it already being kind of low key, I think that really kind of made it stand out how slow it was moving for a little bit. Or mm-hmm. well, you know, we said it was moving fast, but I mean, just with it getting to this this kind of you know important competition so so soon, which which is good in some ways, but. Um, you know, with them kind of slowing down and um, with the kind of similar looking characters, it was a bit of a, a bit of a slog for a little bit, but I think it's starting to pick up again. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, this was kind of a, a shorter month anyway, with, we had an off week, so there were only three issues of Weekly Shonen Jump this month, so that could have had something to do with it. Um, and, you know, we... Um, there are probably going to be a few books that we aren't going to talk about this month just because, you know, partially because of that, there wasn't a lot that happened or, you know, maybe we didn't read it. Cough, cough. We never learned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that's the only one where, or, and also anything Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> I actually, I actually read Yu-Gi-Oh last month cause I did it for, oh, yeah. uh, the for the written review right? uh, yeah, yeah gotcha okay um which that book is wild <laughs> <laughs> we should we should watch the Yu-Gi-Oh anime oh, and then <laughs> i've never watched yeah no that's i i did that... get into the card game for a little while but, but yeah that yeah. was a little after my time or i think i think not really but i think i decided i was too cool for that for some reason mm-hmm. you know after i also somehow talked myself into saying I was too cool for Pokemon and now 20 years later I'm how, still how playing wrong it we were. and you know buying every new release the day it comes out so oh man I I that remember lasted. specifically having my like too cool for Pokemon moment and it was between <laughs> it is like gold and silver and ruby sapphire generation yeah exactly and right. then like when ruby and sapphire came like when I saw that it was coming out I just instantly like I was like oh no I'm back in <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's you never made that mistake again. Never. Yep. You you never leave. You never truly leave. Oh man. So, um are there any other uh books that you guys wanted to touch on? No, I don't think so. Um, as we said, this was a bit of a lighter lighter, lighter month. Lighter month uh with just three issues, so you know, yeah. not not as many chapters in general, so not as much to work with, but there were definitely a few standout moments as we talked about mm-hmm. in the yeah. series. Yeah. And if, yep. if there are any, you know, books that we haven't given the proper attention to, or that you have comments on or want, you know, ideas that you'd like us discuss to discuss, be sure and reach out to us. Um, we're all on Twitter and are reachable there. Um, I'm uh, at surfox 89 on Twitter. I'm at uh, Waltor, with, that's W-A-L-T-O-R-R. I'm back. I think maybe I should have come up with a different name when I did that. Whatever. <laughs> no, eh. you're back and you're good again. You should reclaim the old name if no one's taken it. It's a good one. It's true. Um, and I'm uh, at 1,000 throws, and uh, that's the number 1,000 and then throws. So uh, once again, thank you for joining us as we talk about manga, and we hope 
to have you listen to us again in one month's time as we talk about the wonderful uh, gift to mankind that is Naruto. So uh, thank you and have, <laughs> and enjoy and go enjoy some manga. 